1: So I wanna start by kind of circling the wagons to where Glenn was this morning. And he asked a question right when he came on and probably not really thinking into it, but he was asking, how's the week going? And immediately as he asked that question, my short-term memory like flashed through everything that's happened this week, all the week's events from the smiles to the tears um, I've experienced both, both this week, the uh, affirmations from other people and also the incredible doubts and the enemy tactics that have been destroying some leadway that I've been making in other areas of my life. I had many tiny, seemingly insignificant moments and then all of the high vibe emotional moments, just like the shout outs this morning that I'm so appreciative of. But overall, when I thought really quickly, the first word that I landed on was magical. And I mean that both literally and figuratively. And I know there are some of you guys in here who are thinking, hold on, magic? That doesn't make sense to me. Isn't she Christian? Well, I'm gonna rock your boat just a little bit here. And I want you to step outside of the boat. I want you to step outside of your typical thought pattern on what these words mean and what weight they carry in your life and how you may often reject them without actually realizing the power that they could carry in your life. So the icing on the cake to this word, this magical experience that I've had this week was last night when I got to witness history be made. And I'm gonna tell you all about it, but we're gonna do it in uh, five, a list of five. So it's five ways to experience magic in your week. And I'll of course share the historic moment as well. So number one is to tune into your intuition. This is how you can access magic. So here, I now just said magic and intuition. Uh oh, I'm listening to a woo woo Christian. You guys, I am not religious. Okay, I am a spiritual being, as are you. We are made of energy. We comprised of of light. All of these things are very different and untraditional than what you might have experienced in the church, the church that you grew up in, at least but that's just a box, that's just a square, that's just a place that you can show up to. But what about right now, where you're sitting in this moment, where you're driving to, whether you're at work, whether you're in your house, whether you're getting in the bathroom, in the shower, we're all guilty of it, yes, we know. This is church. This is life. Life is church if we live and exist in that place and we recognize that through intuition, we can experience magic. So yesterday night, I was finishing up one of my coaching experiences that I love so much. Wednesdays are my only late night uh, that I go to bed uh, unless I'm out doing something with Breakfast Champions people and they keep me up till ten, sometimes later. And um, I was I was so excited to get home last night, and I was so excited to get home over something that I'm never excited about, which was I was racing home to the TV. Uh, I literally watch maybe 15 minutes of TV a week, and that's been consistent for about five years now. Um, It's kind of been an out of sight, out of mind type of thing. We don't have a TV anywhere downstairs in our house, and um, the only TV that I do watch would be glass blowing or baking with my kiddos at bedtime. But last night was a little different, and it has been for a couple of weeks because I have made way for AGT, America's Got Talent. And um, I was racing home because it was the season finale and it felt funny to do that. But I uh, just knew in my gut that I needed to be there to experience the finale experience. And I'll tell you why shortly. But I was watching um, somebody who is a dear friend of mine and I was also watching the clock (laughs) because in order to get up for Breakfast Champions, we've gotta be here early, right? So Glenn wakes up at three, most others trickle in sometime between four and 4.30, maybe you're the five o'clock alarm and you tune in right at five when Glenn goes live because you know he's not gonna call on you then, that's okay too. Um, But I was looking at the clock and I'm like, oh Lord, this show usually runs from eight to 10, which I can manage. And it was already 930. But it said it was going to run till 11. And I was like, Yeah, no, I'm out. I can't do it. I'm so tired. So I went to go get ready for bed. I was brushing my teeth. And my intuition, my gut was literally like, what are you doing? Why? Why would you just spend all of this time watching this show and not watch the finale? So of course, I put my robe on, I run back into the room, I turn it on. And I'm like, nah, all right, I'm, I'm focused because my intuition was being paralleled to the groundwork that I had laid. The amount of time that I had put in to that moment. And this is me as the viewer. Imagine my friend who's on stage on the show. Like he's literally standing there, his life's work, his life's testimony is being revealed to the entire world. And I was willing to go to sleep so I could get a couple extra hours of Z's just to be what, And more excitable, I think you guys can tell by now that I don't lose energy that easily. And so this will lead to number two. And number two is about the groundwork. Number two is the prayer, the amount of prayer that has gone into the outcome, right? So you pray before magic happens, you pray before the miracle happens, right? You're leaned into something right now, you're asking God, You're hopeful for something. You're expectant over something. So wouldn't I be doing a disservice to my prayer life, to God himself, if I didn't show up expectantly for what I've been praying for? Let me ask that again. Wouldn't I be doing a disservice to my prayer life, to God himself, if I didn't show up for the final hour? You guys, prayer the thing that you're hoping for, the thing that you keep saying, when this happens, I will. Are you actually showing up to receive the gifts, the blessing, the moment? What have you been praying for that you're not actually showing up to? We cannot sleep on the moment of the miracle. We cannot do it. And I had been praying fervently I had actually been drawn so close into prayer over this situation, over this family, because I have had the gift of sitting with these people. The husband is the one who's on stage, but it's not just about you know when you're equally yoked and in marriage, it's not just about that one person. It's about the testimony of his entire family, his parents, 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 the generations before who have led to this moment of being on this stage. Their entire lives could change. We've had boat rides together, fireside chats. We've had sporadic living room worship moments together. I know the depths of their testimony. And so I have been drawn into praying over them. Just like we've been drawn into praying over Tony here of COVID, and I've been drawn into praying over children who have passed and their mamas who are having such immense heartache right now. You get drawn in your intuition, number one draws you in to number two, to pray. So I got back on that couch and my eyes were glued to the TV and I got a little gift because he was actually performing with somebody else. And it was a magical moment right there. I'm like, this is awesome. This is so good. This is a life's call unfolding before his very eyes and I get to be a part of it intricately. This leads into number three. It's sharing your testimony. We're going down a list of five ways to experience magic in your week. What if you just took a moment? What if you released your testimony more freely? Their testimony has led them to Skid Row, where they were ministering. Their testimony has led them to... Houses where teenage girls were kicked out of their house because they were pregnant. Their houses have led them around the world with YWAM ministries. And you're questioning right now, magic and ministry and miracles? How do they go together? You see, the enemy is at play all the time. And I had the opportunity to speak to Mighty Mel. If you guys have not connected with her, she's in Breakfast of Champions. Such a gift to the world. She asked me this critical question this morning. She said, I hear you and Glenn talking about the enemy. I hear you say, not today, Satan, when, when the phone glitches or Facebook glitches. What exactly are you talking about? And I want to explain this because this is a profound question and something I too have been curious about. And you may have never, ever heard this before. So again, we're thinking outside of the box here. There's actually three heavens. I'm going to shake some people right now. We live in the worldly heaven, the heaven that God created here on earth. There is a second heaven, which is essentially like if you were to look up and you're seeing the clouds in the skies. And then there is the third heaven, which was where God resides, where you would imagine the angels and the cherubs around his throne, the the, the space that you believe your spirit will eventually go. Well, the second heaven, the atmosphere, there is a spiritual realm. And so when you talk about the enemy, this is a real live thing. This is biblical. The enemy, the fallen angels exist to keep us from accessing God himself. And when we call in prayer to God and we ask him to send his fleet of angels to create a hedge of protection around the anxiety and the depression and the heartache and the turmoil and the chaos that's happening in our world right now, they are being combated with an enemy army and they're fighting. And if you do not display in your feet of courage, in your bravery, and glorify the testimony of your life, the fact that you're breathing right now. I have been in the fetal position before, not just when I was born, but in in my late 20s, and the world felt like it was closing in around me. Those enemy lines were so blurred. My mind was distraught with lies I did not know the truth. I didn't know if tomorrow I would be here because of suicidal ideation, because of depression, because of heartache, because of choices I made and choices that have been made over my life. The enemy wants you to stay scaled. The enemy wants you to stay closed-minded. The enemy wants you to stay in your religious box. But if you have the bravery to share your testimony and display it on stage like this person did so beautifully, so eloquently. Every single time he had the opportunity to share, he didn't talk about himself fully. He talked about the backstory of his wife. He talked about the backstory of his children. He talked about the backstory of his parents. He talked about you. He talked about the audience members. He talked about the judges. He involved everyone because your testimony is not for you your testimony is for everyone you're connected to every single time you speak someone is listening maybe it's the enemy because you're speaking alone maybe it's your child maybe it's god himself maybe it's all three all the time (laughs) i know our children are constantly listening to us and so i am encouraging you to experience magic in your life share your testimony yesterday i was on the way to record my audible for my book coming out in a couple of weeks and i got live on instagram as um, ramon shared i am launching something new this week that i'm so excited about that i know is going to unlock so many people into their purpose going to activate them finally help release roadblocks limiting beliefs And so i wanted to get on and share about it and i started talking about how i was feeling in that exact moment and i started weeping in the starbucks line that i go through quite often and i got completely choked up because i was willing to be brave enough to say you guys i feel like i'm gonna throw up (laughs) i'm not going to be able to get the words of this testimony even though they're written right in front of me out and when i sat down in the chair yesterday in the recording studio The same recording studio, by the way, I didn't tell you guys this yesterday, that Pusha T uh, records in and was coming five minutes after I left, which is super fun. If you don't know Pusha T, look him up. He's amazing. Old school gangsta. Rap. Yes. I just said magic, intuition, gangsta, rap. All in one keynote. This is so fun. Oh, I love it so much. Okay, so I'm sitting there and when the words come out of my mouth for my testimony, it's the very first sentence of the acknowledgement section and I cry and I'm thinking to myself, this poor man has to sit with me for three days and he's gonna experience the depths of these emotions, the depths of my testimony. And so I collected myself thinking, what will he think? I went right to people pleasing as usual. And then I thought, wait a second, just like this man who stands on stage week after week after week, just like I raced home to witness. It's not about those singular emotions. It's about allowing other people to come into that experience, to be graced by your testimony, to be graced by your courage, to be graced by your boldness, to experience your magic the magic that is within you because of the magic that was deposited into you before you were knitted together in your mother's womb. So I sat in the chair and I spoke my words confidently. And at the end, the words of affirmation, the surprise on his face of all of the things that I was sharing, but more so importantly, how I was sharing it that it wasn't about reading words on a screen, that it wasn't about him getting on stage and going play by play by play to experience this magic. It was about the emotion, is about the testimony. And so that leads to number four, which I love so much right now. In order to experience magical moments in your week, you better be ready to spit in the enemy's face. It's not just about prayer. It's about proclaiming the fact that they cannot win, they will not win. It doesn't matter what type of situation you find yourself in, there is likely something at war happening. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you, like Stephen Kuhn shared this morning, have lied so much, so many little white lies that you don't know what's up and down. You don't know what's true. I've been there. And I can promise you this, truth, capital T, truth, transcends every single lie. I'm thinking of the song by Corey Asbury, Reckless Love. There's no shadow you won't light up, which parallels to Glenn's this morning. No mountain you won't climb up. No wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. He's coming after you. God recklessly pursues you. And so in this moment, if you're feeling like, I don't know what she's talking about, or I've never heard about these enemy lines, or I don't even know if I know how to spit in the enemy's face, who am I spitting at? Is it an actual figurative person? Please don't do that. I wouldn't encourage you to spit in your enemy's face. We're supposed to turn the other cheek to the other human who might be hurting you and realize that it's not the heart of that human That is disgracing your name or turning you down or rejecting you or causing hell in your life it is the enemy that has created them as a tool based on their lack of ability to speak truth over who and whose they are and so i've been spitting in the face of the enemy over this person on stage and his family and everything that has happened and transpired in their life in order to get them to where they are today. I've been spitting in the enemy's face this week as he's been trying to tell me that I am not worthy, I am not called. You are gonna get knocked off of any pedestal possible if you share this dark secret. No one's gonna love you anymore. You're gonna ruin everything that you've built back to the place that you have. And I was spitting in his face when I told him, my God is stronger. I did not build this. You can do whatever you want to whatever you see, but the strength and the courage and the boldness that I carry is not mine. The energy that I bring to this space is not mine. I cannot do this without him my friend could not stand on stage without him, especially in a place where he could be invited to Vegas. Think about Vegas. I know we have friends here on stage who are moderators who are in Vegas all the time and that's their home. And I just think about the chaos of Vegas that I've experienced when I've gone, when I was in a different heart set, a different headset, a different health set, drug, sex, and rock and roll, right? You guys, there's an opportunity every single day. He has an opportunity to go and spread the gospel just like he has week by week on a stage where people are blinded to the fact that it is God, it is miracles, not magic that is transpiring. Miracles. Mm, It's incredible. You have to go back and watch every single YouTube of, of this person I'm about to reveal in just a second. His shows were amazing. They transcended understanding to the point that my mind was blown. I was trying to figure out how in the world is that happening? You see, when Jesus is at the foundation, you do not know every detail. You will not understand every single thing. And while magic, sure, from a kid's perspective, it's just a little trickery, right? It's just trying to create a story, if you let it, instead of looking at it like witchcraft and downcasting it as the enemy, what if it's their platform? What if it's their methodology? What if it's their way to invite people in in a playful manner to experience something they've never experienced before with an open heart because magic is fun and lighthearted and it's for everyone, right? It doesn't matter, there's no exclusivity. I can be here with an open heart and an open hand and I can receive. And then the God deposits, because what happens when you shake the soil and then you have an opportunity to plant a seed when they're least expecting it, a seed that might not grow immediately, but they get to reflect back on and say, I remember him. I remember that testimony. I remember when he spit in the enemy's face and he showed up on a secular stage to preach the gospel in a way that no one has ever received. And so the last way that you can claim magic in your week is to stop judging how God is showing up. Stop judging how God wants to make your dreams, the dreams that he has given you, his dreams to life. You're praying over an outcome, and that might not be his will. What if you prayed about the emotion? What if you prayed about the situation? What if you prayed about the expectation, but you left your hands open to the outcome? We pray out of this place of hope, and I want, I want, I want. What do you need? And maybe your lines of want and need are blurred and the ultimate need only he knows. You go around rejecting things that are not quote unquote biblical. But have you actually studied the word? Did you know that manifestation is a rooted word from the Bible? Did you know that rainbows, my brand, everything that I do is actually rooted in his promise? Did you know that the person on stage who's talking about magic and doing what you would think is witchcraft is actually rooted in a miracle, a testimony that you've judged and you've yet to receive because they have a different color skin than you, because they've walked a different road than you, because they drive a different car, they live in a different house, they live in a different part of the city or a country of the world, because they wear something different on their head because they choose to experience religion in a way that you've never, Because they use language and they pray in a posture you never have and never think that you will. But what if you did? Francis Chan calls it being a lukewarm Christian. Tim Story calls it being mundane. I call it complacency, I call it misalignment, I call it being woke when you get to show up to life and receive for the first time. I remember getting LASIK eye surgery a few years ago and it was in this huge process of transformation. I had gotten LASIK um, done, I had gotten lasers done on my leg from an incredibly painful sciatic nerve and vein issue that I was having. I was having this transformation of mind and body and soul. And I remember waking up and having an issue with my eyes and my husband had just done it a year or so before and his were perfect immediately and i'm like what is happening (laughs) i'm seeing i didn't think about this until just now but i'm seeing rainbows everywhere what is happening every light that i look at literally six inches below it i see a rainbow cloud i cannot see crystal clear i got gypped i paid for the wrong thing this doctor sucks I blame it on everything that could happen and everything that did happen. And I'm not going to be able to see. What if I lose my eyesight? Then I would be just as awesome as LA, right? There are miracles in every single person's story. And I come to find out two weeks later that the nurse had just given me the wrong understanding of my prescription. And I was dropping two of the wrong and I was one of the wrong. And I was getting it all discombobulated. And so my eyes were literally just, Nasty, I was goopy white stuff coming out of them. I know it's beautiful. I was judging the world based on my situation. I was judging the people in my world based on their lack of understanding, based on their mistake, based on their humanity. And I finally, when I got this prescription right, when I understood how to invite magic into my week, by listening to my intuition, by praying into the outcome, by sharing my testimony, by spitting in the enemy's face consistently minute by minute, and by stopping judgment over how God wants to show up in my life. I was able to experience a miracle. When they announced that Dustin Tavella was the winner of AGT, that his family would receive a million dollars, that he would get a year long show in Las Vegas. The entire episode I kept saying, come on Jesus, come on Jesus. I always invite Jesus to show up for me and to show off for me. And I tell him to do so, and he always does. He never lets me down because I'm not a walking zombie. I'm not stuck in a box. I am woke, and so can you be my friend. Let the miracle of life invite itself into yours by letting go of everything that you've known to be true in the past in your religion and receiving relationship. Relationship and understanding that miracles might be disguised in something you are judging. And the impact of what will one day be your golden buzzer, what will one day be your miracle moment, will take you processing every single day, waking up every single day in resilience to create impact, vulnerably, transparently, boldly, courageously, not by yourself, not in spite of yourself, but because of the creator that designed you for such a time as this. You're the miracle. Stop looking everywhere else. The magic exists within you. Thank you guys so much for being here. It is nine o'clock on the hour.
2: Ooh, come on, Tam. Amen. Amen. amen, amen, amen. So good, Hallelujah.
0: Put it down. So Tamara, that's that's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. And everything that you just shared is amazing. That was, that was incredible. Thank you so much for that. Can I
1: share one extra really amazing thing,
0: please? Yeah, 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 please.
1: Dustin Tavella and his beautiful bride have already agreed prior to their win, despite if they won or not, to be in Lexington, Kentucky on a Saturday night experience where he will be sharing his miracle mentality, his magic ability with us. And so I really, really hope that you do not miss the opportunity to experience their testimony live. It's gonna be incredible and I can't wait to share him with you guys.
3: Hey Tamara, this is Susie. We watched it last night and, and we, my husband is an AGT fan. I'm going to share about this in a minute, but it's so incredible to hear the backstory for this guy. We were in this, come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus, not knowing he was a believer, suspecting he was, but with his messaging. And with that, I want to tell you, you have another 30 minutes. I don't, my second oh. is until 930. So you can keep going, sister friend. This is powerful.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> What
4: do you guys want to talk about now? What? What talk about camera. now? <laughs> camera. 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 Camera, can I respond camera. to you? Oh, please. Good. I'm so happy you have half an hour. Are you flashing, so, girlfriend? So happy you have half an hour. So this couldn't be more divine timing, I swear to God. So I canceled three of my appointments so that I could really focus on this room today. And when you started talking, you started off with the intuition. And I was like, finally, somebody. I'm known as the woo-woo woman on this app. And I really despise the word woo-woo. Woo-woo is magic. And we are so magical, guys. I hope everybody took notes and really paid attention to her, because we really do have to unlearn what we've been taught, what we've been indoctrinated with and and programmed with. Because, you know, when you tune into intuition, and there's actually four levels of intuition, this is your church. This is where you find all the magic. And I think of all the witches years ago that were burned at the stake because they didn't they weren't understood, they weren't known, but they really did tap into magic. They were using their intuition. And what is magic? Well, if we strip away the dogma from it, it really is just creating. It's like the magician, you know, he does it through illusion and he brings the magic into physical reality. And when we're writing and our hand is moving across the, the, the paper and it's gliding the surface, the pen is the magic and it's bringing focused attention into physical reality. And that's when it's like it's happening, right? Magic is found in ether and that is also found within you. We are creator. In any industry we are in, whatever it is that we are chasing in life, we are creator. And when we write things, for example, and we sit in the feelings of those things and the emotions and we embody them as creator, then we bring them into allowance. And allowance is really manifestation. And that is magic. So I couldn't appreciate your segment more than probably anybody on this stage because now I don't feel so alone. It's so hard to kind of put this into the proper words without frightening off people from my segments because they're like, oh, my God, here comes the woo-woo, girl. But it's actually <laughs> it's actually spirituality, and that is magical. That is divine. So I love you. That was amazing. I could talk on this for half an hour with you, girl. So go ahead.
2: I love it. Tamara, may I add something real quick? I see yeah, girl as a hop to a nine o'clock call. But I just want to say that was amazing. This is Bernita Adele speaking. And thank you for that, Tara. I never think of, uh, of Tara as being the woo-woo girl. I love, I love it. Um, but I just wanted to tap in. Thank you for your transparency, your vulnerability, your integrity around sharing your own story and testimony. Uh, I know we've talked a bit in the background, and that like, next level, There's like, there's still that piece of my story that I hold back, and, um, but I, I hear, like, know that it's, like, it's being chipped away, and for anyone else in the audience, like, if you have a piece of your story that you're still processing, it's coming, because I know, and, and in a way, that piece that you're holding back, that's the most powerful part, it's the most powerful part. Yep, yep, yep. I'm shaking my head, girl. You're so
1: right. And I think as you lean into that and you heal, you know, that's a healing experience to be able to share. You don't do it just because you're like, oh, Tamara said I should share my testimony. No, 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 no. God will tell you when it's time to share your testimony. This has been years in the making where he has literally released bit by bit by bit boldness within me and it is only by that might that i'm able to do that with clarity on how i can serve out of that place of hardship right i am not wanting to vomit my mess on someone else and be like hey poor me poor my let me tell you what happened to me no i want you guys to feel empowered by the opportunity to stand up and fight in spite of those things And so Vernita, I know the incredible people that you're connected to and the platform that you're creating, that God is literally laying out before you, the catwalk, if you will, is only gonna be that much more magical when you can stand in that identity, the full identity of self. He said, when I met him for the first time, and this sounds so figurative for those of you who have never had a crazy experiential relationship with God, with Jesus himself, he took me from a place of literally crying. You know, those days that you cry so much, you're like, there's no possible way. And I say days, this was years, but no possible way I have any more tears inside of me. It's one of those ugly cries. He He caught my attention and he lifted my eyes from what was complete shame, looking down at my feet and he held my chin in his hand and he lifted my eyes to his gaze. His miraculous light literally shined on me in a way that I will never forget. And when I close my eyes, I see him. I taste him, I literally experience him so closely, which is why I can speak out of a place of conviction. Because in that moment, he told me the three things that all of you need to hear and remember every single day of your life. You are fully seen, you are fully known, every part of you, and still, even still, that word I just hold to so closely, Still you are loved, my daughter. Still you are loved, my son. So you do not have to run from the places of your life that you feel shame over. Shame is a lie from the pit of hell. Shame is that enemy warfare that I'm talking about. He's literally the devil on your shoulder knocking you down time and time again and saying, I can't share this. It's too disgusting. I can't share this. It's too hard. I can't share this. It'll break me down further. But guess what Jesus did for you? He was broken down all the way down. If you've never watched The Chosen, if you've never watched Passion for the Christ, if you've never picked up your Bible and read what happened and what transpired on that very fateful weekend where he was brought to the cross, he carried what you perceive to be hardship what you perceive to be impossibility, what you perceive to be heartache, heartbreak, body break, mind break, soul break, whatever it is that's happening to you right now, I have empathy towards you, friend, but we have not experienced anything in congruency to what he carried to the cross. And therefore, you have the ability to breathe in, the resurrection power of God, to be able to walk, literally walk in the Spirit. That is what that means. People have this understanding that the Holy Spirit is like, what is that? Is that even real? Do I have to go and talk to someone to talk to God? Absolutely not. He is as close as your breath because he created your breath. He is within you. He is around you, beside you, behind you, anywhere that you go, if you call on him, if you lean on him, stop getting in your own way. That's the problem. We get in our own way, we try to control, we manipulate, we lie to self, instead of knowing thyself, instead of leaning into the knowing that he has already curated for us. I do not get this right every day. I am so far from perfect and I will never be perfect, but I'm chasing perfection, not out of striving, not out of achievement, but because I want that experience that I had in my living room to happen again. I want to happen again and I want it to happen for you. I want you to know that you are seen. And known and fully loved, and no element of shame belongs within you.
2: Oh, Tamara, I think um, that a girl. that'll preach. I, I, I know. I said, "Hey, Tamara it from the Peloton. I'm never going to forget that." Um, I think the last thing I would say about it is, um, you know, the the it's like layers, right? So at at this point, I, I wouldn't describe it as shame, but I do relate to the healing and uh, we talk about it in this space and I know Brene Brown talks about it a lot it's like being able to speak from your scar versus the open wound I think at this stage more than shame it is being able to release the hurt being able to release the hurt or and to release probably the second layer it was like shame then there was the guilt which I've been able to release. And I think the last piece is the hurt.
1: I sit with you in that. And ultimately, despite if it happens to you or it happens because of you, Mm -hmm. the hurt, I don't think ever fully goes away because it's a reminder of your flesh. It's a reminder of your humanity It's a reminder of the fact that you have to have congruency with him because if it went away, it would be fleeting when you shared about it. It wouldn't be called vulnerability anymore. It'd just be storytelling, right? One of the
3: things they said to me early on or that I talk about um, is the pain never goes away. It just gets less raw. And that's where if you think about a wound and a scar, When we live from our scars, I mean, Jesus has scars. And when we we see, when he came back raised from the dead, he still had the scars of the wounds of his love. So, Renita, I hear you, sister. I hear you. And the hurt, uh, it will shift. It will shift in time. And you will be able to speak from that place of empathy because you know the depth of that hurt. And you will meet somebody when theirs is raw. And you will be able to say to them, That you see them and you hear them and you know them and be the hands and feet of Jesus to them with skin on.
2: Saying
4: that it also comes from a state of compassion that hurt when you can have compassion for it and understanding and that comes through forgiveness that shift that you're talking about and the hurt doesn't ever go away. I can tell you that my journey has been super long, but I've learned to hold a space of compassion for it. And in that compassion is actually where you find forgiveness. And that forgiveness is what allows you to tap into higher states of who you truly are at your core. And that is where the gift is. It's actually a blessing.
1: Yeah, and I think forgiveness also, just like trust, right? I think they really go hand in hand because when you lean into forgiveness, which ultimately forgiveness of others starts with forgiveness of self, uh, regardless, again, of which place you stand in. You threw the punch or you received the punch. You have to forgive yourself for that situation and then the forgiveness of God, which is a really hard place, right? He forgives us, but we have such a hard time doing that because we don't have that connection in the same way of like, where were you? We ask, why would this happen to me? Why would I do these things? and it's the component of forgiveness met with compassion that allows us to rest and sit in that place of surrender and so that's why when i speak and i'm talking about posture i'm talking about this place that like you i never sit here and beat my own chest right i i sit here and i say god what else what else do i need to learn what else do i need to be brought down to my knees within. And that is a constant state of hurt. It's a constant state of being like, wow, why? Why me? Why, why them? I see people on their knees around the world. I see even the bravest, boldest people or the people who have the biggest platforms who feel the need to pump their chest but should be on their knees. And so I pray for them because I cannot control the situations that occur. But it's the exact reason why Breakfast with Champions, why this space, why this family, like I called us in the beginning, is so powerful and why the unity when we came together in New York and why the unity when we come together in Kentucky and so many times thereafter is is so impactful because this momentum, the energy, the explosion that happens in those places When people from the outside look in and they're asking why, why him? How'd he win AGT? They don't know the backstory of surrender that occurred to get there. And that doesn't mean that every um, Superman story or every finish line experience is because that person prayed or that they're in this posture of humility. By no means is that the case. But when it happens, that's why it's a miracle. Because that now, it showcases and displays to the world when we get together the bondage that is broken. Yesterday, I shared about that Red Rover experience where everyone was linked arms and chains were breaking as Tara was witnessing and seeing. That's what happens when we get together. And it has nothing to do with business of the exterior of the secular world and everything to do with the internal business of our heart.
4: Who else wants to share? I think Shirley has something to share, if that's okay, Tamara. Yeah, I'd love to hear.
5: Oh my gosh, fire, fire, fire. I, and thank you so much, Tara, for helping me navigate uh, to get through. You are so on fire for the Lord. You know, Glenn Lundy, I appreciate you for allowing it. There's a lot of spaces you go where people are not totally transparent for who they stand for. And I'm just listening and I'm just soaking in. But one thing came to me and I'm processing that, and we were talking about scars, right? And we were talking about releasing hurt. So. For me, the Lord spoke to me the Holy Spirit's like, okay, so look at your arm. You got a scar on your arm right now, right? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, that scar is healed. And I'm like, right? He says, does that scar hurt? And I go, no, it doesn't hurt. And so I believe we have to stretch forward and go through that total healing process to release the hurt because it's not in God's intention for us to remain in a state of hurt. I do believe that we're supposed to be reminded of things that we went through, that occurred, that impacted our lives to make us better, but we should never like, for me, stay in a state of hurt because it can turn to bitterness and everything else. But when I'm healed, literally the scar I'm looking at happened way back in the 80s when I was in the military. I see it, I'm reminded what happened, but when I touch it, I can't even feel anything. And so therefore that's what I believe that, how we're supposed to be with people, with things in our lives and even giving that grace. But we'll get to a point where we can just release it all to Christ, casting all our cares upon him because we know he cares for us. And it's a part of his plan for our lives because all things work together for the good of them who love him, who are called according to his purpose. I'm going to shut the mic down. Thank you so much. But I love and I resonate when I can feel the spirit of the Lord being in place. So thank you so much for your boldness.
1: Shirley, thank you so much. And I think as you're saying that, I'm processing through because we said the words that like we don't really feel like the hurt ever goes away. And the reason that I say that is because I don't feel like it's, it's ever to its entirety until I'm at the right hand of the Father in heaven, because it's less about the hurt internally of my heart and more about the enemy who's at play in my head. Does that make sense?
5: Makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And that's the transformation of the mindset. And that's why when I find myself, if I'm in a space of hurt or whatever, I connect with power people such as yourself and others in this room to take my mindset away to put me back in the space of being with the father and knowing what he's wanting to do in my life
1: a thousand percent and i think that's why seeking him right seeking and and wanting that experience and that transformation again and again and again where he's holding my hands in his my chin in his hands is the knowing that there are surely those moments of complete and utter peace and so the the number four of creating magic in your week is spitting in the enemy's face it's just a constant i just have to say really hydrated so i have a lot of saliva <laughs> let's be serious
6: who else this wants is Tony Mo. Um yeah, I would Tony. just like to pour into you and tell you thank you because you rock this stage. And it just really I I again was convicted because um I had a moment with Tosh the other day and it, it just really um, was so on point. And then everything that you spoke about was on point. And I was, and we spoke about, or we were, you guys were talking about the gift and, um, I was in another room and it was about the gift, the one gift. And, and I kept being asked this question, well, what was, what is the one gift that you would want to share with the world? And, and, um, I was speaking about intuitively helping others, whether that be through music, whether that be through coaching, or just um, you know speaking to them or other people. But I could not lo- leave out the intuitive part. But I felt forced to move forward because I did not want to bump heads or did not want to, um, I guess, because I'm still having issues with standing firm on, on recognizing and understanding the gift that God has given me, I, I allowed my light to be dimmed. So I appreciate you for speaking up and for saying everything that you said today in this room. I love you. I love your spirit. And God is doing so many
1: things through you. Thank you so much. Tony Mo, thank you so, so much, sister. And I think, you know, that's kind of the next piece to this, right? And and I want people to understand that is like they can get to a place of, of okay. I've, I've got my testimony. Like I feel healed. I feel well enough. I feel aligned enough to go out and share. And, and people do this in so many different facets. So you might see it through a podcast. You might see it through a book. You might see it through a business. You might see them sharing on a stage. You might see them just having quiet coffees with friends. It might be on a pulpit. It might, I mean, you literally don't know everybody shares differently and, and you never know exactly when and where that's going to come or manifest through God's will. Right. Um, but, it's the unlock of the gifts and talents parallel to the pain, right? It's the unlock of the pain. Ooh goodness, unlock of the pain and the passions together that actually propels you into purpose. And so how do you do that? It's really sitting before the Lord. It's really dissecting your past. It's really coming into a peace point of your past in order to say, okay, this is what I've walked through. This is what I'm so passionate about. And it's not an exclusive thing. And it's not a, okay, check. I figured out my purpose i have no idea what my purpose is going to look like 5 10 20 years from now all i know is god has put a fire in my belly to say yes to him my purpose is to breathe life my purpose is to help obliterate shame my purpose is to activate people and to get them up and cheering and woo preach sister like i want you running with me. I want you dancing with me. I want you to experience joy with me. Because if it's not with me, I don't want to do it alone. I don't want heaven to be just me and Jesus. I'm, I mean, I'm all for me and Jesus. That will be fun. But all of us together, that's why Kentucky's going to be so epic because it's a party. We're coming together in unity. And so I do believe that the whole blocking of your gifts and talents can can be the, the exact thing of why people will take the one talent that they have, just like the experience in the Grow for God song, and the the biblical reference that Tony with the keys has is you take that one treasure and you're like okay this is it I'm gonna hold it I'm gonna hoard it I don't want to do it wrong I don't want to break it I don't want to lose it this is enough for me could you imagine if Dustin Tavella I want to say his name again so you guys check him out Dustin Tavella was to take this million dollars and bury it what that would do for the kingdom how that would hurt the multiplication of our Father, the selfish intent. That is why I say you block your blessing when you hold your gift and talent to yourself, when you hold your testimony in. It's selfish, right? And so I want you to find that boldness by leaning into the Father and leaning into the people who have gone before you and are willing to help make a way for you. And I believe that's what Glenn and I are doing when we're helping set this stage and this space is we're making way for people to share their story that maybe you're doing it for the very first time, maybe have never actually taken a stage at this magnitude. Maybe they've never spoken it in this specific way because I don't believe that our words ever come out exactly the same. Even when they're read, the emotion is different. Your heart said it's different, your head is different. So I just so encourage you guys to find magic in your day-to-day and every day thereafter and come seeking, expectantly seeking magic to transpire at this event or any event you go to. Because I've found in the word expectancy, which I put over my year one year, I've had lots of different words and God likes to poke fun in every single one of them and display his glory all the time. And, and the expectancy piece of what was to come, every single time he's like, not yet daughter, not yet daughter, watch this, watch this. He would go above and beyond the expectancy of every single situation to the point where I saw a whale breach like 10 feet in front of me at the beach that I have gone to my entire life and never saw a whale ever. And it breached out of the water and I had it on camera because I thought it was a dolphin. I was weeping. And minutes before that happened, my expectation of the situation was to go for a run and just experience his glory. I just needed a moment alone. I had babies at home. I was tired. My husband and I were going through it. I just needed to feel him. I just needed a reminder. I was dancing. I actually had stopped running and I was dancing like a ballerina, like a little girl. It was kind of actually this time of year because there was barely anybody on the beach. And he showed off. He created that magical moment that will forever be another imprint in my mind of who he is and who he wants to be in my life. He doesn't have to show up in an array of light. He doesn't have to show up in a whale. He doesn't have to show up in your spouse that you're waiting for, because you're not yet married and you've been praying for forever. But what if he does? Are you expectantly waiting for that? And are you willing, again, to be woke enough to expect him in another frame? My Nana passed away earlier this year and we had a ceremony on the same exact beach that I'm talking about. And um, we, we got an abundance of roses and we let them out into the ocean and <laughs> they didn't do what we thought they were gonna do. We thought they were, gonna, they were gonna float away, right? It was gonna be this beautiful scene and we had a photographer with us, which also was kind of weird to have a photographer at a funeral, but it was the best investment of money. It was such a beautiful experience. And all of the roses, they came back to the shoreline And they were, you know, maybe 200 yards down the beach. And we walked through them, one by one, slowly, just sitting with the beauty of what it was. And I realized that my expectation of them floating away into Neverland of the ocean wasn't gonna serve anybody else that day. It wasn't gonna bear witness to the miracle or the magic of that moment of her life, but now, all of the thousands of people that were gonna grace the beach that day would get to walk through this experience. And it was gonna bless them. It was gonna bless their day in the moment, in the meeting, in the miracle, in the magic that they needed. Just like I needed the whale that day, just like you might have needed this message right here today. Are you woke? Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you expectant? You guys, I have a 9.30, and I didn't even know I was going this long. I love you so much. I am so grateful for this time, and I just pray ultimate blessings over every single one of you guys today in Jesus' name. This is Tamara Andress, and I am your purpose activator, and I hope today you found a little bit of activation and a whole lot of purpose, all by the name of Jesus. In your sweet, sweet name, we pray, amen, amen, amen.